Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for sports as we are doing yet another sports rewatchables. And if you know if I'm talking sports, you know I got Craig Needles with me. Craig, how the heck are you? I'm doing okay. All right. Uh, how's, how's, what's the latest update on the quarantine for you? Um, I don't know. I was at the grocery store today, and it was not a horrible experience, so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's positive. Um, just uh, trying to make it through. Bought some new... Uh, Bought some new pajama pants today, which typically not like a huge purchase, but these days you uh, you need pajama pants, so there's, there's that. For sure. I'm I'm wearing out all of the waistbands in my basketball shorts, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to need to buy a few new pairs of those. Um, all right. Uh, that said, we are about to do another fun sports rewatchables, and it's kind of uh, a, a weird coincidence that we're going to talk about the particular game that we're going to talk about. On the same day that it is announced that uh, Toronto's going to get an NWHL franchise, Craig. Yeah, I saw that on uh, the internet. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is, that's good stuff. Good to see that that league's going forward, and hopefully they can get that uh, kicked off and going. That uh... well, get the situation sorted with the uh, with with the players and mm-hmm. uh, and have everybody uh, everybody sort of on the, the the same page that way. I know that I did an interview uh, a few years ago with Cassie Campbell Pascal, mm-hmm. and she was telling me that hey, the, oh, this is uh, this is going to be a tough situation until we get sort of a, a, a one league type of uh, of situation here. So maybe That's this so badly, is yes. yeah, maybe this is the path to that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's good to see that they're start getting to getting like like Toronto obviously is a must that they have to tap into in Canada, yep. and then probably Montreal uh, won't be too far behind. But uh, that said, we are going to be talking about because uh, I feel like the ladies. Since the quarantine has started, I feel like the ladies have not been well represented in terms of talking about cool shit that has happened in in lady sports. There's been a ton of like old school '90s Blue Jays, and fair enough. Ton of the Raptors run from last year to the uh, to the to the NBA Finals and the championship, and of course, fair enough. And then you know a lot of lot of Lakers stuff. I mean, Kobe did just pass away, so yeah, let's let's talk about some Lakers stuff, I guess. But this is a game. That I, I think of the the four straight titles, this one is pr- of the, the four straight ladies titles, because we're going to talk about the uh, 2014 Canadian women's comeback against the United States of America in, in the Russian gold medal in Sochi. Uh, we're going to break down that, a little bit of that game and, and just talk about it. Of the four, uh, Salt Lake, Turin, Vancouver, Sochi... Um, which one of those four, I think, uh, had the most meaning to you, Craig? Well, not Turin, because the United States lost. They didn't show uh, up. Yeah. yeah, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, still Salt Lake for me. Okay. And I, because, I, you know, having getting some revenge on what happened in Nagano, obviously important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, like, sort of years later, and we've sort of been through the uh, the, the, the dids and didn't happens. Mm-hmm. But I remember a few sporting moments in my life when I was more fired up and more patriotic than the uh, Haley Wickenheiser, they had our flag on the floor speech. I was I was going to bring this up. And I don't want to, I don't want to tarnish 
the the memory of of goal Salt Lake 2002, especially considering the impetus of of the the poor refereeing that also came across in that game. The fact that basically four years prior to this, the Canadian women's could never get over the hump that like in, in all of the world tournaments and the whatnots and the women's this and the women's that the States always beat Canada for those four years late or seemingly always beat Canada for those four years. They were a massive underdog in that gold state. That said, and it was one of the best moments ever that said, have we as Canadians, cause this is a Canadian podcast has enough time passed 18 years now that we can admit that that story, and I don't even know if this, if we have any American listeners, like American hockey listeners, let me know if this is well known down in the States. Probably is because Haley Wickenheiser did, you know, scream about it after the, uh, after the, the, the victory there. Has enough time passed that we as Canadians can admit that that story was completely made up? The story about the American women, like apparently, like, yeah. Here's the thing: I don't think I don't think Haley room. I don't think Haley Wickenheiser made it up in that moment. I think someone said it to Absolutely. her to fire it up. Absolutely, I think I think somebody went in the coach. Somebody went into our girls before the game and said, "Hey, you know what? We just walked by the American women's dressing room. They had a Canadian flag on the floor. They were walking all over it. They were talking about like I believe there were instances where they said some of the girls were." using it as a skate rag and stuff yep. like that and and it was just like that is just it was just it just wasn't true it was not true right and then and then you know Haley Wickenheiser said the thing about you know they had our flag on the floor now I want to know if they want us to sign it and you know it goes down as like one of the best moments but like I feel like enough time has passed that we can admit that that was not true right well, I, I think that most people have acknowledged at this point that yeah. that, uh, the, that the 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 that story was exaggerated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just I I want us to to be able to just admit this as a as a as a country and a fan base that that was probably not true. Sure, it led to this really cool Haley Wickenheiser go bleep yourself moment after after they won the game, but. I I mean we we should we should probably just acknowledge that was probably not true. Um. Do you remember where you were when this game happened, Craig? I remember exactly where I was. It was in the newsroom uh, at work. We were watching this game there, and uh, we'd all sort of given up on it. Because remember, it was on in, in middle afternoon because it was Russia. Yes, we'd all it sort of like uh, one o'clock or something like that. Or yeah, like yeah, we'd all sort of given up on the game. Yeah, because okay, they're up two nothing, and Canada's offense just wasn't doing very much of anything. They had a really the... good in, in the rewatch. They crushed the states in the second period in terms of puck possession, but just couldn't. Oh yeah, yeah. of course, and, and they were getting all sorts of shots. But it was yeah. just a matter of your like with 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 four minutes left in that game, you're sort of thinking, oh, okay, yeah. they're just not going to get a bounce today, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Turn out they got a pretty significant bounce mm-hmm. uh yeah. but uh that uh they, they they saved it for the end but yeah I, when i you're watching that game and in, in, in my memory of it sort of when i was watching it in real time and obviously i was watching uh uh watching portions of it getting ready here um the memory of it was thinking to yourself okay this is just not gonna this is not gonna happen today no i i, I had kind of resigned myself um i have kind of a unique uh, experience for watching this because uh, as you as you uh, said this uh, this game took place on a it, during the afternoon. It's so an I, afternoon during the week. Yeah, yeah. I, it was a Thursday game if I remember correctly. Um, you know what? I th- or was it like Thursday Russian time? But it was like Friday our time or whatever. I don't exactly know how. Yeah, it was. It was a Thursday or Friday game. 
Uh, yeah. I was I was at the restaurant. I was at a restaurant that I was working at where I was a sous chef called the Crazy Fox Bistro, and I believe it was during uh, one of the one of the winterlicious or whatever that usually goes on in in February. So it's one of those ones where you gotta extremely prep up because about four hundred people are gonna come in looking for cheap food, right? And so I I this game's going on and I'm making God knows what in the uh, in the in the restaurant. Now, uh, the part owner, the owners, the head chef's wife owner, you know, they, they were a, a husband wife owner. Uh, her name was Lana Olenbrock, and I want to send a shout out to her because she did this thing where they, they had a downstairs, their office was downstairs. So she was watching the game on the computer downstairs, and we had an intercom that was upstairs. So, she, you know, she could call us down with like, you know, without having to come upstairs, could call us with like orders or reservations or God knows what, right? And she, what she did was she took the phone. And she put it next to the speaker of her computer so that I could get the play-by-play going through the speaker while I was, you know, I like cooking God knows oh, nice. what again in the thing. And then, obviously, the second it was, uh, uh, the second it was, uh, it was two-one. I was like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to watch the rest of this game. And I watched them tie it and then win it on in the office downstairs while you know haphazardly running up. So it was it was pretty cool, and I'll always remember that 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 moment and then i remember uh for my break driving home and uh i was listening to uh tim and sid on sportsnet and tim and sid are two of the forefathers of this podcast and and they were replaying because they were they were doing this thing where they were also watching the game but they weren't allowed to commentate on it right because they were on so they were trying to uh, walk that fine line of hey we're on the radio and also we're watching this game but also we can't do the play-by-play because we'll get in heaps of trouble if we do that and then the goal happened, and they reacted normally. And it was just—I I highly recommend looking up the uh, the Tim and Sid uh, reaction to the to the ladies' uh, win in Sochi. Uh, I have something that I think is going to be slightly controversial, and you can maybe uh, talk me out of this or or tell me I'm crazy. I think that this game has more meaning to me on the international level than Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Wait, is that a that's a hot take that I have? What do you? What do you I I about? will say no, and here's why. Okay. For no other reason than where the game took place. Yeah, in Vancouver versus Russia. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing: Canada's had this incredibly successful Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like every, like you know, the, you know, uh, Virtue and Moyer won. Women won uh, the gold medal in hockey. There was yeah. a controversy as to whether they should have been smoking cigars on the ice, which was glorious. Like smoke yeah. the cigars and drink the damn beer on the ice. Yeah. Uh, that was that. That was incredible. Uh, just the Olympics had gone perfectly. Yeah. If that Olympics had ended with Canada blowing a two nothing lead to the United States in the gold medal hockey game, mm-hmm. that would have been the enduring memory of that Olympics for the rest of our lives. That's true. Yeah. Sidney Crosby saved us from that. That's true. Yeah. I, That's I, bigger. Now, if the if the the two hockey tournaments were reversed and this happened in Vancouver while Canada, ste- while the men's team steamrolled to a gold medal mm-hmm. and was never really challenged. Then this might be bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? I just think venue is what, what the difference was fair that like, that's a fair argument. I, I think for me, I think I just sports hate the American women's team more than I hate the, uh, more than that I hate. That is a very reasonable thing to say. Yeah, I, 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 think I, I, I would, 
I would agree with that as well. And I looked up my tweets from from this day and probably the game oh, that the game was played. Yeah, I, so I just looked up a few, and I remember one that I got. It got a it got a bunch of retweets and whatnot. Was I don't understand why the American women are so sad. They can just add these to the collection of silver medals they have at home, Ooh. which. <laughs> <laughs> well, that which, which yeah. brings me to one other thing. So let's set up let's set up the rivalry right now. So here it is, 1998. We're in Japan. We're in Nagano. This is the inaugural tournament uh, for the women. Only two teams really belong. It's Canada and the U.S. Uh, they meet in the finals, and the states beat Canada three-one. And this happened—I I, don't—did this happen before or after? This, oh, this definitely happened after because uh, the Canadian men's lost the silver medal. Uh, or, lost the bronze medal. Or game. Lo- yeah, sorry, yeah, they, they lost the lost bronze medal game against the Czech Republic. That was in it, a game yeah. where they were clearly far and away the better team, but it turns out Dominic Hatch is very good. Yeah. Anyway, although Patrick Waugh was was in the net for the Habs and like or for the Habs, Jesus. Oh, he the, didn't, for, not for, not in that tournament. He skipped that one. Oh no no no. He yeah, was so in ninety eight. He skipped. He skipped O two. Anyway, yeah, he skipped yes. O two because he wanted the uh, he wanted to guarantee he was the starter, and they were like, "Well, no, <laughs> right?" But but he was there in ninety eight, and he stopped four out of five shots. And for some reason, again, uh, well, I've never heard a great explanation for this. But again, Gretzky never went out to take a penalty shot. You yeah, know, people talked about that afterwards. Yeah, yeah, people <laughs> talked. Now that said, we were also missing two guys on that. Like there were two guys with shoulder injuries that did not participate. Well, Paul Korea had the concussion. Paul, uh, Paul Korea had the concussion, and then uh, a little guy named Joe Sackick, who kind of made a difference four years later, uh, had a shoulder injury and couldn't play. And those are two guys who, if they didn't make a uh, difference in the game, which by the way, Paul Korea and Joe Sackick, I think combined for like eight. No, not eight, but like six points in the gold medal game against uh, against the U.S. four years later. Um, if they don't make a difference in the actual game against the Czech Republic, those two guys for sure would have been taking penalty shots, right? Like, yes, you would think so. Yeah. Uh, also, it would have been uh, handy if uh, that wasn't in the time frame that Mario Lemieux wasn't playing hockey. Fair. But that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. That's another guy who we were missing. <laughs> that was that was basically two, uh, three of their top six forwards four years later were not available. Yeah. 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 Um. So then we move over to 2002, which we mentioned. We we, we briefly touched on it a little bit earlier. We're in Salt Lake. The ladies have, have spent the last four years just pretty much beating up on our Canadian girls. They go in there as heavy underdogs in that in that finals. And then not only are they heavy underdogs, but the refereeing in that Salt Lake game was so bad. I believe that the woman who was the head referee in that game was Swedish and Canada had like Scandinavian, yes. Scand- yeah, it was it was like it was bad. And it was it was just uh, how they won that game is still a mystery to me. Um but they end up holding on for a 3-2 win to beat the U.S. in Salt Lake, and then the men's take care of business. Uh, four years later, they're in Turin, and the States weirdly don't show up. They lose a weird game to Sweden in the semifinals, and then Canada basically creams Sweden 4-1 yep. in, the, uh, in, the, in the Turin uh, games, uh, thus uh, <laughs> picking up the pieces of the men once again who didn't even get out of the quarterfinals matchup against Russia. Yes, that was the uh, Olympics where they brought Chris Draper but not Sidney Crosby. It was good yeah, team yeah, yeah, good team. Oh, yeah, I remember them building that team, and it was just – I remember watching them announce Well, that... Sidney Crosby's too young for this. Fuck off! Like <laughs> – they're like, no, they're like, all right, everybody who's going to be taking a, uh, taking a step, playing on Canada in 2006, step forward. Yeah, you, Brian McCabe. No, not you, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Brian McCabe one, I remember, the Brian McCabe one was a little bit understandable because they had like three defensemen get yeah. hurt right before right before that tournament happened. Well, Scott he was on Niedermeyer. taxi squad, right? He wasn't supposed yeah. to play, and then three guys yeah. got hurt. Yeah. yeah. So the Brian McCabe one, you're at least like, oh, okay. Like, that was your like ninth or tenth defenseman. Stuff happens. Yeah. But like, 
Yeah, we're just going to like let Sidney Crosby stay home. How many points do you have in the NHL that season? He had like 96 points or yeah, something. I don't I remember like, I remember Well, he's a little him. too young. He's like one of the five best guys in the world. Like yeah. what do you want? Any other country, any other country, yeah. a player of that caliber and I will go I will go to say this, with the exception of uh Russia and the Czech Republic, yeah. no other country's ever had a forward of that caliber. And actually, I'll go one step further cuz I'll take Crosby uh, Crosby Ovechkin's a discussion, yeah. Uh, but I still take Crosby. Nonetheless, uh, every other country, if you have a guy who's that good, you're not looking at his birth certificate saying, "Hmm, yeah. you're just putting him on the fucking team." Yeah. Like, anyway, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. But not only that, but in Turin, like it was also poetic. Like they don't mention this when they talk about the Crosby rivalry that Canada bleeped that up, and then Cros- and then Ovechkin, I'm pretty sure, had the game-winning goal in that uh, in in that. Uh, I think it might have been Kovalchuk, but I'll have to look. I'm going to look I've, that game up. Yeah, but, if you quickly looked that up, I'm, I'm yeah. fairly certain like Ovechkin had a goal. Like, the Russia won that game 2 nothing, I think. Yep. And That's... I'm pretty sure Ovechkin had one of the two goals. Canada had already lost to Switzerland earlier in that tournament, which is why they had to play Russia in the first round. Exactly. And it was so – it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I remember my brother said something hilarious when they were announcing the, the team – and because it, it, it was this big thing of like, are they going to announce Sidney Crosby? And then they they did this big like here to do about what here, here's the here's the team that we're going to play. And then, you know, it was like, boy, they better mention Sidney Crosby's name. And then they don't. And then they announced Joe Sackick last because the captain of the team. And my brother was like looking at the roster and going, man, the only thing they got right was Joe Sackick should probably be the captain of this team. <laughs> and uh. It was just like. Oh God, it was a bad. It was a really bad. It was it was a really bad roster, and then the guys they did select that were actually good were hurt. It it was just it was a bizarre bizarre squad that they put together yeah. in Turin for Canada. Shane Doan, Chris Draper, sure, yeah, let's get him on the team. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Brad, mm-hmm. Brad Richards, Ryan Smith, yeah, absolutely. Do we need Sidney Crosby? Nah, no thanks. No. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. that was uh, that was not a good decision. So as Again, usual, the men... reason, that wasn't the only reason they yeah, lost. So as usual in Turin, the men drop it and the women have to pick up the pieces right, and move yeah. on. So they, they, they manhandle Sweden. And then we flash forward four more years to Vancouver. And, and you mentioned this earlier that the ladies, the ladies kind of beat them down in that game. I, I, the final was like three, one or something, but that game was like soccer on ice. The U S team never had the puck in that game. Uh, the late, the ladies beat them and then uh, <laughs> went off the ice got cigars and beer and then went back on the ice. And Which I'm still angry to this day that there are people that had negative takes about that. That was so, that, uh, that, was, yeah, so... that was 10 years ago. And yeah. I'm still mad it was... that anyone had the audacity to not think that was amazingly cool. Yeah. They went back, they got flags, cigars and beer and were like, Hey, isn't this awesome? We did it. You guys. And like, and they were like cheersing with like Tessa virtue and Scott Moyer who were in the crowd. And that's the thing I'll bring up later is like one of the cool things about the, about these Olympics. Like, this is the thing I was probably going to bring this up in what age is the best, but what ages the best in these tournaments are the random shots of dudes in the crowd of like other significant Olympians watching this, these games. Yep. Right. And, and cheering their hearts out. Like, like the, the shots of virtue and Moyer in the crowd where, where uh, uh, Scott Moyer is drunk off his ass, double fisting beers, cheering for the girls. Now that, and that for was, the guys, uh, right? That like, was 20. Uh, that was 2018. Was it? Oh yeah. Either, now, either now, way. It may have, that may have happened at several Olympics to be yeah, clear. I'm pretty sure it happened but, at several. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But this one, there were a couple of cuts to like the men are in, like, I always love it when, when the ladies are in the crowd or sorry, the ladies are on the ice for the gold medal game. And then the entire Canadian men's roster is in the crowd in like Canadian toques. And then you see, you know, like for this one, there's a cut where like Matt Duchesne is like high-fiving, uh, uh, 
uh, oh God, who was still on the team? I don't know. Matt Duchesne's high fiving someone. It might have been Crosby for God's sake. Yeah. And and they're just like high fiving, going like yes, <laughs> you know, and shit like that. Like, can you believe what we just saw doing that whole thing? So yeah, I. But you're right. But the the hot t- that was just such a like, and the takes were all like bullshit. You know, well, this isn't how ladies should act. <laughs> takes, yeah, right? that's exactly like, what it was. Whereas if the men had done that, yeah, yeah like it's. It yeah. would have been all oh, just some good old boys, you know, like just that was one. It was like O two. That was yeah. like O two, where everyone had written them off before the tournament started because they had lost the worlds a couple of times in a row, and everyone's oh. like, "Oh, Canada's not going to win." O six, sort of Canada was considered to have the better team. Just these things go in cycles. Yeah, uh, and the but uh, show up. Yeah, in, yeah. In but yeah. Uh, yeah, Canada was not considered to have the better team going into that Olympics, and then they not only won, but they they kicked their asses that day. Yeah, and um, yeah, so have a cigar. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just do that anyway. It's fucking Olympics, yeah. right? Like, yep. for God's sakes. Uh, it, like, uh, anyway, so here we go. Breakdown. We're doing our rewatchables. Ladies gold medal, the, the Canadian women's team, the gold medal in Sochi 2014. Um, I watched, the game is on YouTube in its entirety. Unfortunately, Craig, it's not a CBC or Canadian broadcaster, yes. or even American broadcaster. The one they showed is the uh, the official Olympics broadcast. So you get, I couldn't find the names of these people, but you get somebody who is a British announcer, um, who clearly uh, is a soccer announcer. Because um, he's not terrible, it's just you can tell he's out of his element calling this particular game. It's a little too... It's a little too fast for him, and he's trying to drop anecdotes in and in places and stuff where it's like you should just be calling the play by play and whatnot. And it's, yeah. and then the announcer is some dude who sounded super Canadian, like really East Coast. The 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 color guy color. Sounded, sounded super Canadian and and <laughs> like had a thick East Coast accent. At least that's what it sounded like to me. Um, so. Uh, because it was an Olympic broadcast, there's not a lot in the way of like funny advertisements or like, like when we did the Blue Jays breakdown, there was a lot more funny stuff like, uh, like McDonough when he did his promo for the, for the Letterman featuring the gin blossoms and stuff like that. So because it was an Olympic broadcast, there's not a lot in the way of this. So this the is only thing I they're had. promoing is other stuff in the Olympics, in the Olympics. Right. And even <laughs> then they weren't really promoing anything and there's nothing on the, there isn't even like funny advertisements on the wraparounds on the boards or anything like that, that you could be like, you know, uh, like, hey, check out this proctologer or something like that, right? But uh, so this is what I had in the way of category for best slash funniest graphic. Uh, Tara Watchhorn gets the first penalty of the game for Canada. And it was a little soft, if you ask me. Um, and uh, the the official statement, they, they flash the graphic and the graphic they put up is two minutes for women's body checking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it was like, it, like when you watch the game, the penalty she got is uh, one of the American players is coming on the right side of the boards, and Watchhorn is just trying to box her out, and the girl's like, okay, I'm not going to get around Watchhorn, so so she just fires the puck around the back, and then that classic, you know, uh, pucks in deep moment, and then Watchhorn just kind of rubs her against the boards, nothing too vicious, and they gave her two minutes for body checking, and it's just one of those things where I'm just like, hmm. Right. Hmm. <laughs> the, the fact that they, they flash women's body checking up. I don't That's know. Right. Made, made me laugh. Uh, the U.S. got a penalty. Uh, the, 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 the name of the penalty in the rule book, to be clear, is just body checking. Body checking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the fact that they wrote woman body checking. Up. Yeah. But yeah. Which you don't in, need to do that. Which is in stark contrast to this next one, because the U.S. gets a penalty, Craig, for too many players. 
Specifically, yes. they wrote the word too many players, not too many men or too many women. Yeah. They wrote too many players. So, sure. you know, clearly so maybe somebody mentioned to them something that they're like, hey, don't flash that graphic up again. That's bad stuff. Uh, but yeah. That was it. That those were the, That's pretty much it, all I had for for best slash funniest graphics that I noticed uh, on this broadcast. Most rewatchable sequence, Craig. Um, there's a lot of really good. Obviously, most of the stuff happens in the final. In for this game, happens in the final five minutes of yeah. the third period, and then of course the overtime was just fire wagon hockey. Um. But here are some good sequences. Uh, Kelly Stack took a penalty about eight minutes into the second period, and it was just great hockey. It's tons of action. Power play was good. Penalty kill was good. Jesse Vetter made a couple of really good saves. And and this is that penalty actually got that Kelly Stack penalty that she took actually I think got Vetter, um, who had a great game by the way in the loss. Um, I think got her settled because she was fighting the puck early. There were a couple moments where Canada could have scored early where they, they shot high in her and she tried to do the glove and she didn't, um, she didn't catch it properly and, and led to a couple instances. So that, that power play, uh, by Canada weirdly got Jesse Vetter settled. Um, Canada had another five on three towards the end of the second period. That was just entertaining as all get out. Vetter had some big saves there. Uh, the Americans fight, uh, like, uh, fighting down the, uh, the five on three. Uh, the second after the Americans made it two nothing, about uh, what was it, uh, fifty seconds or something into the second period or third period, they make it two nothing, and then for the next four minutes it's just fire wagon hockey, and yes, because because the Canadians are like, well, we got to take the reins off, right? And Zabados had to make some big saves. Kendall Coyne had a uh, Carpenter. Uh, had a two had a chance on a two on one where Zabados made a big save. Kendall Coyne had a, a high percentage chance in the slot. Big shoulder save from Zabados on there. Um yeah, basically after after Jenner scored that second goal for the States, the next like five minutes is just great end to end hockey where uh where uh the Canadians are just trying furiously to tie the game, which leads us to uh, probably the most important sequence of the hockey game for me, uh, which is the sequence that led to the U.S. empty net post by Kelly Stack. Um, yes. I broke this down like it was the Zapruder film, frame by frame. Would you like me to go through the whole thing, Craig? I, of course, would. <laughs> so, there's a face-off to the right of Jesse Vetter. Haley Irwin uh, initially loses the face-off to Jocelyn Lamoureux, uh, who I still can't believe that's a name that plays for U.S. and not for Canada, quite frankly. Um, but unfortunately, Lamoureux doesn't get the puck to anybody. Breanne Jenner then is able to beat Ann Schepler to the loose puck and then taps it to the corner. Rebecca Johnson beats Megan Bozak to the corner and wraps it around to the point where Catherine Ward is. Catherine Ward is then hilariously wiped out at the blue line by a lineswoman who is lucky that the, the next two seconds of reality end up the way that they are because there's an alternate reality somewhere, Craig, where this woman is, um, what, a, like, some sort of Carrie, Carrie Frazier, like, uh... Like, like her name is found out by Canadian media and then cursed by all Canadians to this day in some sort of alternate reality, right? Like, I go, think that that is absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it becomes like she becomes to international champ uh, hockey. What, especially now considering the the women got 
beat in uh, 2018 in the shootout. You know, Americans can't get it done in, in regulation or overtime. <laughs> the shootout in order to get it done. But, uh, you know, like, that would be back-to-back losses now. So we'd be, we'd, we'd be eight years now stinging uh, from this loss. Um, but, yeah, Catherine Ward is wiped out at the blue line. Kelly Stack gets the wide eyes and for some reason just like to this, this is this is kind of a what if moment. We'll discuss this later. But Kelly Stack probably could have taken the puck out of the zone, uh, but shoots the puck from her own blue line. Millions of Canadians watch in horror as the puck glides towards this empty net and then clang, it it hits the 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 right post of the Canadian net and and the rest is history. Uh yeah. Well, she would go down if 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 that ref if, if the lineswoman had uh, uh, gotten in the way. She's go down. She goes down with Christina Peterson, the Norwegian referee from that Canada USA women's soccer game at the yeah. twenty sixteen Olympics, and she Abby called Wombach the six second violation. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Abby back just bullying her into into a bunch of calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes down in infamy like that. That woman, I don't think, is allowed in Canada now. No, <laughs> uh, nor should she be. No. Uh, uh, and it was it was kind of the now this would have been like less like I, I felt less like like the one like, like the refereeing in that in that uh, that women's semifinal World Cup was was a, a woman who was clearly just like too like she just was not ready for that moment that is not a woman who should have been allowed to be the head referee yes. for that particular game the same well, pro- Christine Sinclair said she decided the Americans were going to win the game before it kicked off and the uh, the IOC almost suspended her for the bronze medal game and then decided uh, or, or World Cup whichever one it was uh, yeah. FIFA FIFA decided they, they, had, they, had, they announced they were suspending for the bronze medal, bronze medal game and then I think they were real w- w- worry of uh, worrying about Canadians showing up with torches and pitchforks like okay we'll let her play it was a whole thing <laughs> yeah the uh uh, yeah, which was bad. I mean, that that would have been more akin, like if the if the in an alternate reality where the women lose 2002 in Salt Lake, with that the way that 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 would have been more of akin to this. Just would have been like, who is the referee in the NFL? Was it Phil Luckett or whatever who kept like having weird crap happen to him? Like he he messed up the coin toss in the uh, yeah in, in the Lions. I forget Steelers which game. one, but yeah, and there's I know what you're time, talking about. Yeah, there was another time a, a referee like. I think a Jets receiver, an Eagles receiver was like free and he was the guy in the backfield and he crashed into him and cost a, a, what would have been an easy touchdown that that would have been more of akin to this. But like, man, it, it was it was like if you go back and watch that because it's on YouTube, just the post or just this entire sequence I just described from Haley Irwin winning the fa- or losing the face off to the puck hitting the post. Um, is is there and the, the referee just wiping or the the lineswoman just wiping Catherine Ward out at the blue line was was just absolutely insane. Um, uh, two other rewatchable sequences I have. Uh, Shannon Zabados has a four save sequence at the beginning of the overtime that is, if you look back in it now is nothing short of heroic, Craig. Like yeah. a- a- absolutely. Like, like, just get like, oh, I, I, I have it broken down later. I forget exactly who had, but there was like f- three to four high percentage chances that he, she made a uh, bunch of saves on. And that was kind of the last gasp of the Americans uh, in that, in that game. And then of course uh, the, the Marie Philippe Palan uh, game winning goal, um, taking the game winner out of the most rewatchable sequence. What did, like, it, it's gotta be the, the, the empty net post, right? Uh, no, I think it's Poulin tying the game. Tying? Oh, you got tying the game as the uh, most well, watchable sequence. Fair? Yeah, only because, mm-hmm. like, 
No one remembers if, if Marie Philippe Poulain doesn't score a goal to tie this game mm. right after that, po- right after that post. Yeah. No one remembers that post. Yeah, that's true. Like for, for that post to be even remotely memorable, that the, the tying goal was a requirement. So yeah. And here's the thing. When I, when, when you're watching it live the first time you see the post, you're like, Oh, thank Christ. But you're not elated, right? You're just like, Jesus, thank Christ. And then, Philippe Poulain, Mary, Marie Philippe Poulain scores the tying goal. And again, I'm with a bunch of work people and we're all going nuts in the newsroom. We're jumping around. We're, we're fist bumping, high-fiving in the moment. That was the big deal, right? The post was just like, Ooh. like you look back on the post and you, you know, you're doing it through the intermission and you're seeing the highlight and you're like, geez, they were centimeters less than that away from losing this game right then and there. But in the moment, you're like, oh, okay, that didn't go in. Man, I hope they tie this. So I'm, I'm going to say it was the, 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 the game-tying goal. Yeah. But I also like to think that Kelly Stack sometimes just goes, man, a quarter of an inch, Charlie. Just a quarter of an inch. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure she does. <laughs> yeah. She may have said that to, to Joshua Jackson. Who's to say? That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, noticeably play, poor play slash decisions. Uh, Catherine Ward had a pretty bad neutral zone giveaway, which led to the, to the Megan Duggan goal. Um, Kelly stack, and this is kind of hindsight being 2020, but it it must be said her shooting at the empty net instead of carrying the puck out of the zone, um, must be mentioned, but, uh, who's to say any of us in that uh, moment wouldn't have been like, Oh my God. (laughs) Right. Like, and and just gone for the empty net. Um, here, here's the sequence. I mentioned Zabados had the four safe sequence in overtime. This was all led, uh, by a, uh, Catherine Ward had just an atrocious giveaway behind the net that should have never happened in a million years. And if the Americans scored on this, Ward probably would have been the goat of the game for Canada uh, because she also had the giveaway, the, the aforementioned giveaway to, uh, that led to the Duggan goal. But Zabados, she gives it away behind the net to Hillary Knight, who full tilt comes around, or like with full head of steam, comes around looking for the wraparound. And Zabados is able to get her left leg onto the post, save on Hillary Knight. Puck bounces to her in the slot, still hasn't been touched. Another yep. clean look, shoulder save from Zabados. They do not get the puck out of the zone for another 30 seconds. Kelly Stack gets a high percentage chance, shoulder save by Zabados. And then Casey Bellamy, like another 20 seconds later, they, they at this point, they've had Canada hemmed up in their own zone all because of this ward giveaway. Casey Bellamy gets a cross ice pass for a high or a clean look at a high percentage chance. Glove save by Zabados, and she's able to freeze it. So, uh, it's, uh, like Shannon definitely pulled the ladies <laughs> butts out of the fire in that in that moment. Um, some other noticeable big moments in the game. Uh, Zabados had a big glove save on Shepler in the first period on a breakaway. Uh, of course, we mentioned the Megan Duggan goal. Uh, Kelly Stack tried to wipe out uh, Shannon Zabados halfway through the second period, mm-hmm. and there was no call. That was. Strange. I remember being like, "Get up out of your chair!" Scream at the television, angry about that. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. There's another moment later, um, not from Kelly Stack. Uh, let's see, uh, Canada not scoring on the five-on-three they had in the second period, and then I, I mentioned earlier that they dominated the second period puck possession-wise, but still left down uh, two nothing. Uh, Alex Carpenter scored the power play goal at 201 of the third. And then I mentioned earlier that, uh, Zabados right after that, cause it was fire wagon hockey after that second goal, uh, Zabados had a save on a Carpenter night two on one, not exactly two Americans. You're like, Oh, it's night and Carpenter on a two on one. This will end great. <laughs> and then 
Um, the Z- Zabados had a, another save on Kendall Coyne after a Wickenheiser giveaway in the third. Um, uh, Jenna Hefford had stopped Hillary Knight from uh, getting what would have been a clear breakaway with a stick check with uh, five minutes left right before the Canadians started uh, doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, Brianne Jenner, there she had the goal at... Uh, the, the Jenner scored the two one goal and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get into that more in uh, what if because uh, there's a pretty big what if on that Brianne Jenner goal with uh, three twenty six left in the game. Uh, Vetter made a huge save on Natalie Spooner with like two minutes left. Uh, yes, to keep it two one. That uh, would have been a uh, you know if it had gone the other way would have that would have been the moment where Americans are like, hey, remember that big save that uh, Vetter had? But uh, yep. Uh, Kendall Coyne, obviously, or not Kendall Coyne, sorry, Kelly Stack hit the post uh, from her own blue line. That was huge. Uh, we mentioned the Poulin tying it 2-2 with 54 seconds left. Uh, I cannot stress this enough, but Zabados' four big saves in the first minute of overtime. And then at 8-10, and that was another thing. I, for some reason in my memory, remember the overtime only being like two minutes long, Craig. Yeah, it was eight minutes. Now, there was yeah. like several penalties, but yes. True, and there was also a big delay where... Um, they were they were talking about uh, uh, I mean well let's get into it because the, the there was a delay that was based on because the next category for this game is uh, how was the officiating um it better than many women's hockey games fair yeah is that <laughs> but this this to me like it wasn't great but this fell into the realm of like pretty standard bad hockey officiating. Yes. Based on how fast the game is played and how difficult it is to referee it to begin with, it was it was less like, well, this is garbage, except for a couple of things. Uh, the first watch horn penalty I mentioned was pretty soft. You know, the penalty for women women's body checking, as I make the air quotation. Um, what was it? Uh, Lamoureux had a knee on knee on Carolyn Ouellette that had no call, and in the which and in the very next sequence, Megan Duggan scores and. Uh, Lo and behold, uh, Jocelyn Lemoureux had an assist on on the uh, yep. on the goal when she probably should have been in the box. So that's that's kind of uh, that that that's kind of sliding door number one, kind of sorta. Um, there was a penalty. I can't remember if this was in overtime or in the third period or something. But the U.S. got a too many players on the ice call while being physically unable to touch the puck because the puck was stuck in Rebecca, Rebecca Johnson's skate. And uh, this was likely a... Uh, we, we mentioned Kelly we, we mentioned Kelly Stack tried to wipe out Shannon Zabados in the earlier game. This was likely a uh, make-up call because this happened like... The, the too many men on the, or the too many uh, women on the ice penalty came like 30 seconds after the no-call on, on Zabados. So this was kind of a... Uh, to, to me, this felt like a pure, like, okay, the next time the Americans do something even remotely ridiculous, we're going to call it. Um, Canada didn't score on that power play in a classic uh, ball or slash puck don't lie moment, I thought, Craig, because that penalty mm-hmm. was just so bad. Um, the Lamoureux penalty in overtime is beyond atrocious. Um, yeah. She... There are... Sorry, go ahead. 
But there was, there were there was a few penalties called in that overtime, and I think it was a matter of like, hey, I, I, I want to keep the penalties even in this overtime. Neither of them should have been called. There were three penalties called in the overtime. The first two never should have been called, and then the third one probably should have been called. And but unfortunately for the refs, <laughs> all that they all happened within the span of like thirty seconds. So they had they had to do the thing where it was like they they were talking about. Uh, uh, the, you know they they were talking they were they they had to talk about figure out how many you know ladies Canada was supposed to have on the ice because it was four on four in overtime and then it gets weird when there's multiple penalties and stuff like that and it's like well you can't have two guys on the two players on the ice etc 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 and led to this huge delay in overtime which extended the overtime which again I remember being like 30 seconds long <laughs> but it was actually like eight minutes of game time and then another probably like 20 minutes of real time with the delays and stuff but for some reason I remember that overtime just flying by probably just because all the fire wagon hockey um the last thing that was weird with the officiating was the decision to not give Haley Wickenheiser a penalty shot yes that's which, I mean we can get into that now if you want um the, yeah, it, it should have been a penalty shot. She was hauled down on a clear breakaway two feet inside of the blue line. Now, that said, would you have preferred the penalty shot in the overtime, Craig, or would you have liked the two minutes with the four on three? and the? No, you, you want the two minutes, I think. I know, but, like, here's the thing. I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast the other day, and, and Dangle declared out loud, and my initial thought was, okay, Dangle's being a little too... Uh, he, he, the, the praise, well-deserved, is being heaped on a little too hard here. But then I thought about it, and I was like, well, maybe he's not that far. But he basically said that Haley Wickenheiser should, like, be considered to be on, like, currency in Canada, right? Yeah. Which, Haley Wickenheiser owns four gold medals. She's the best women's hockey player has ever lived. I've ever lived. And not just that, but the charity work, which is currently happening with Conquer COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And all that other stuff. And no, you know, I've, so- I've, 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 I actually, when, when people were talking about, cause yeah. we were looking for someone to be on the 10 or whatever bill we're looking. And, and I, I think the general consensus Canadians had was like, okay, let's make it Terry Fox. But yeah. I have zero, zero problem if they put Haley Wickenheiser on there. The government yeah. of Canada though said for legitimate nominations, a person has to have been dead for 15 years. I think it was the, Fair. Uh, was that's, the number. that's not bad. Plus, you know, like civil rights leaders, et cetera, et cetera. People who, the guy who invented penicillin, you know, that should sort of, the, those things should sort of take president over sports ball. But still, I, like, I remember when Dangle said that, I was just kind of, my first reaction was like, that's a bit much. And then I was like, well, actually, is it? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. hold on, let me think about this. Um, and I just, the, the, the thought of Haley Wickenheiser coming in on a penalty shot where the only two people on the ice are her and Jesse Vetter, and it's like, it, it's just, wow. <laughs> right? Like, you know, just, the th- I remember, would have been pretty cool. I remember yelling penalty shot at the time yeah. when that happened. And then they called for the two minutes and I remember being like, what, what actually that's probably better. We're probably going to score on this four on three here with a full two minutes. Um, but yeah, man, it's just that that's the, uh, that's the, uh, what if sliding door that that's probably, would you say that's no, it's gotta be Kelly stack hitting the, hitting the post, right? Like, is the, the what if of this game, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. The second close one is is what if they gave uh, a penalty shot for me. Um, what has aged the best uh, from this game? Uh, just the Canada U.S. women's rivalry in general, right? Just the flame burns eternally on this on this uh, game. And you know what? Even though it was in the shootout, 
you know, it was probably good that the Americans got one, right? Otherwise, it's not really a rivalry. I mean, it would have been five in a row at that point. You know, yep. we, we should probably give them one, even if it's in just like a, a little crappy penalty shot at four o'clock in the morning, right? You know, well, the, yes. we'll let, yeah, we'll let the Americans celebrate their, 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 you know, their skills competition uh, acumen. Um, both of the Canadian and U.S. jerseys for Sochi were unbelievably gorgeous. Like, they Very were good. so good. Canada did the throwback to the uh, – not the Summit Series. What was the other one, though? The the Can- Not the Canada Cup. Oh, yeah. It, the, the, they did the throwback to the 80s ones, but with, like, a new 2014 flair. The Americans did the shield with the USA on top. It, oh, God, it was so good. Um, fast-paced, no whistles, women's hockey. Just aging the best. Um, what else? Uh, Shannon Zabados's flow, Craig. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was something I noticed when I was watching. I was like, oh yeah, wait, that's uh, uh that's some uh, some good hair Shannon had going yeah. on there. I mean, we'll talk about Carrie Russell. Uh, you know, having great hair, but uh, Shannon Zabados, I think, is on that level. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, the uh, cu- cut. This is always great, and we, we kind of mentioned it off the top, but uh, the cuts to other important Olympians watching gold medal hockey games, be it men or women, is is always incredible. I love it when the women are in the stance with the men and the men are in the stance with the women, and then you get all the other, you know, the, the you know the speed skaters and everybody else all co-mingling. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you know. The people that we as a nation in some cases have gotten to know over the last two weeks. Yeah, so, now yeah. they're sitting there doing the exact Pretty same good. effing thing that we're doing in that moment. Just like like sweating the ladies and the men on the ice. It's just so good. Um, this to me is age the best. Kevin Deneen's no celebration after the tying goal. Yeah. Like just, in, just an incredible like. Like I've only ever seen one other guy do this before, and it was Larry Bird when he was coaching the, uh, uh, when when he was coaching the Pacers, and uh, what was it Reggie Miller he hit that huge shot against playoffs, Chicago against the Bulls, yep. and then ran around like a chicken with his head cut off, and they cut the Bird, and Bird just kept chewing his gum the entire yep. time, right? And it, was just like, it was Game Six against Chicago, forced to Game Seven in Chicago. Yeah, that yep. was the '98 playoff. Remember it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. They'll most likely cover that in this uh, tremendous uh, Michael Jordan documentary that they're doing on ESPN and Netflix right now. On a quick tangent, have you watched those two episodes, Craig? Have not. So good. Um, no commercials during certain Olympic broadcasts is uh, has a it just aged the best, right? Like just yeah. when mm, so good. Um, the entire overtime period has just aged the best. The Zavado saves going into all the dumb penalties. And then finally the Poulain goal. It's, it's, it's so, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, finally for what aged the best, I have, uh, a Marie Philippe Poulain's reaction to, to her game winning goal where you can like, she, she tries to lift up her arms and then she can't cause she's just so relieved that they won the goddamn yeah. hockey game. And you can see the, the, the joyous wonder and spirit leave her body and ascend to the heavens as it, as it happens. Right. Cause she's just like, Oh, we did it. You guys. It was so good. Unbelievable. Oh man. Uh, so what's age the best for you, Craig? Uh, just this rivalry. I think that's the obvious one that yeah. it's still really good. Hmm. It's some of the some of the best games and some of the best like yeah this rivalry is amazing. I honestly I I don't think I'm fooling. I honestly get more pissed off when the Canadian women's lose than when the men do. I really yeah. do. I really do. Like, that might be fair. 
Yeah, and especially considering now in like, the 2018 Olympics, I didn't really yeah, care whether the men. No. Well, yeah, like, and it was it's, yeah. it's the NHL's fault. All the and the IOC, everyone's greedy, of course. Yeah, but it was just a matter of you know the the men seemed like did I want them to win? Yeah, of course, but yeah. like, well, this is like our, this medal? is like our this is our F squad, not even our F squad. I think that's uh, yeah being kind. It's uh, go so, down to the M squad for yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. That was bad. Uh, so yeah, so there were obviously, de- so that's why the, the, you know, this, that the women's game had like the women's game sometimes takes on more meaning than the men's. We mentioned uh, like, so she was, was like shoulder to shoulder there uh, or uh, Vancouver, sorry, was shoulder to shoulder. So was Salt Lake Turin. Obviously the ladies completely took overtook the men because of how bad that squad was. And, and we had discussed that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, like, I, I I don't know the it, it the women's wins in in some tournaments just take on more meaning to me than than the wins and the uh, the ladies the ladies medal in uh, 2018 had more meaning than the men's did it just did because none of the professional men's players were there so. right yep uh, what's age the worst uh, full buildings for sporting events Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine? Uh, yeah, me. I don't know. Like this game, you watch it and you feel like you could have been watching it this year. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's hard to say anything's age the worst, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, hearing Megan Duggan's name just fills me with such sports rage. Just anytime her name comes up, I'm just oh god sports hate just a hard just a real hard sports hate for for megan duggan's name the acting job she did on the second uh tara watchhorn penalty too where like washhorn kind of brushed by her and she did the full like uh, she, she she did the full like 360 body rotation and threw the stick to really sell it with a ah! <laughs> just like really you're gonna fall for the for the stick throw um what else is age the worst uh megan duggan's celebration after the one nothing goal uh, when she uh, did the little uh, swipe of the ice thing, yeah, yeah, the drops to one knee, swipe of the ice, you know, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, when when you see that happen, and, and the, you know, when you watch the highlights and she does that, and you're like, oh, Megan, this is gonna yep. end well for you. And uh, uh, last thing, uh, Gangnam Style, played by Game Ops during uh, during a time. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. Well, it was 2014. What are you gonna do, right? It, it was the biggest song of that year by a country mile. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, half-assed internet, internet research, Craig. Uh, I am always perturbed that, uh, Shannon Zabados was the third best goalie in Vancouver in 2010. <laughs> That's, what? uh, something that they had her as the third goalie. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. I was, okay. I thought you like third. What are you talking about? Third in the term? Yes. Yes. She was the third goalie on that team. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's legit. They mentioned this in the Olympic broadcast. Did you know that Casey Stone gives away her black trench coats to the U.S. players, Craig? No. After, apparently, after, that was a thing she did after the game. Her 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 infamous pea coats or trench coat style things that she wear. Apparently, she gave them away to the that was that was her player of the game thing that she would give away. So I, I guess she brought like a certain number of black trench coats with her to oh, the, to that Olympics right. and gave them away. Who knows if that's true? Uh, what if uh, sliding doors? First one, uh, Craig. What if Brian Jenner's shot doesn't hit Casey Bellamy's leg? Yeah, uh, it probably doesn't go in, and uh, it does not go of, in. That puck yeah, is headed and, two feet wide to the corner. Yeah, and none of this happens. That's yeah. fair. Oh man. Um, what if uh, the UF US obviously scores on the long range empty net shot? Uh, side ones of that were what if the referee, or, or sorry, what if the 
Kelly Stack was able to carry it out of the zone. So I guess what if Kelly Stack could hit the broadside of a barn is kind of a... What well, if, I don't even know if, like... <laughs> here's the thing. I know, if I'm you're just taking get, shots. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but if you're going to take that shot from that angle and you're like... Yeah. Like, basically up until, like... Up until the last foot, less than a foot, she was probably pretty happy she took that shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So she's like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna be a hero!" No. <laughs> oh, whatever. We'll just get the puck out of her own net for the next sixty seconds, and it'll be fine. Yeah, uh, six seconds later. Oh no. no. Um. And last, what if is obviously what if we mentioned a little bit earlier. What if Haley Wickenheiser was granted a penalty shot? Um. Notable stats from they may have gone on like you know you talk about hey should Haley Wickenheiser be on currency if she yeah. scored an overtime penalty shot goal to win yeah. an Olympic gold medal that like a picture from that would have been on the currency yeah because well we talk about because uh, Forsberg's goal in uh, on a stand that was that was what ninety four yeah oh four 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 yes yeah four. yeah that was ninety four his his penalty shot goal was was on the stamp in uh, in Sweden right and you know probably rightfully so. And uh, then Crosby <laughs> got the revenge for that in this very same Olympics, I believe, uh, with the go- with the goal. It's the same move against uh, against Sweden in the gold medal game, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, they killed Sweden in that gold medal game. Oh yeah, that it was three won. nothing. But like, you just never for a second thought no. they can't might not win. That was another one where it was it was hockey or it was soccer on ice, right? Like the Swe- Sweden never had the puck in that hockey game. It was it was bad. Canada um, was tested in that. I think that you could argue the 2014 Canadian team is the best team ever assembled. Canada was never tested in that tournament. Even remotely tested. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. Um, notable stats from this game. I just thought Canada uh, was over five on the power play until the game winning goal. Oh. So they went full Fulton Reed on that one, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> so. one out of five. Yep. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Laura Fortino, who uh, had who never gets mentioned in you know best performance. Uh, she had one assist, which was on the Poulan game winner. She was a plus one. She played thirty twenty one in this game, Craig. She played yeah. That's that's thirty twenty one, including five twelve in the overtime. Wow, that is a big yeah. chunk of the game. Yeah. So uh, shout out to her. Um, best performance, Craig. Poulinch of, of this game. I'm the I'm most gonna, obvious one. I'm I'm gonna make him a case. I'm gonna make him a case. Obviously, here's here are the four. Marie Philippe Poulin, obviously, two goals, the game tying goal, the game winning goal, five shots on goal, plus one, twenty thirty three time on ice, eleven face offs one, although she lost eleven face offs as well. She was fifty percent, so I must mention that. I don't uh, care. <laughs> Kelly Stack, uh for the States, one assist, fourteen for sixteen in face offs, twenty four eighteen time on ice, although it must be said she was the one who uh, left Marie Fouli Palan to chase the puck behind the net on the game tying goal. Uh Alex Carpenter, one goal, two shots, twenty ten for the Americans. Um I'm gonna make the case for this fourth lady here, who I think is my dark horse best performance. I got Shannon Zabados. No, I I I knew you said and I I understand like, that. Here's the thing. Marie Philippe Poulin became like a household Canadian name and lives forever because of what happened there. I just, I, I, That's I, it. I, I know, but I think about when it was two, nothing Hillary Knight and Alex Carpenter come down on the two on one big save Kendall coin in the slot on a breakaway, big save the first four minutes of the over the first minute of the overtime four saves on literally every like a like big name Olympian. <laughs> the Americans had to offer just man she no i get it she had a, she had a great game i totally yeah. understand that but she yeah. like poulin scored the game tying game winning goal in an olympic uh gold medal game the game tying goals with uh 
less than a minute to go. The game winning goal is in overtime. Like that's yeah, I I know. You know we don't we don't have to think too hard about this. <laughs> I know. I just I just, I want it to be mentioned that Shannon Zabados is the is the unsung in that game because my God, just so many saves, so many saves, and just big moment saves too. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Marie Philippelian, best performance. Uh, the You're Killing Me Swalls Award for Worst Performer. I have only one, and unfortunately, it's our Canadian girl, Tara Watchhorn, Craig. Uh, three penalties in the game, all of them bad. Uh, minus one, 14-20 for time allowed. Lowest of any Canadian player that did not play on the fourth line. Her third penalty led to the second U.S. goal, and after that third penalty, she was benched and did not hit ice during the overtime. I... Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else to say, other than yeah, still have a gold medal, Tara. So who cares, right? But uh, it, it was uh, definitely um, best coaching moves. I only have two because it's hockey and it's kind of tough to discern certain coaching moments from time to time. Um, I just have the the two the timeouts taken by both coaches. I thought were were beautiful after uh, Kevin Deneen used his right after the Kelly Stack empty net uh, post. Uh, cause Canada took it back down to the other end and then immediately shot the puck into the net. And Deneen was like, all right, let me get a timeout here. Get everybody settled down because they just nearly lost the game and, and whatnot. And, uh, Casey Stone, uh, took her timeout after the Catherine Ward penalty in overtime, which I thought was brilliant. Unfortunately, Lamoureux got that phantom penalty call. I wonder, do you think that Lamoureux phantom penalty call is discussed, uh, amongst the hockey fans in the States? As being like a what the fuck was that sort of a probably uh, got it was not moment. not a not a great one no, no. I that being to... said like you know you're up two nothing with less than four minutes left that's true it's the same thing well, where, like finish I, the game yeah I have le- I have less sympathy it's it's the same way I have no sympathy for the uh, for what happened to the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the last playoffs where they're like that shouldn't have been a penalty you allowed four goals right and it's like yep. not one not two not even three. Four. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, anything else for best coaching move that you might have uh, seen, Craig? Or uh, no, I think that was uh, not really. Pretty... It was a yeah. coached hockey game on on both sides. Uh, I so much so that for the category of biggest coaching f up, I don't have any anything to say. I, yeah. I had nothing to add. Um, unintentional comedy. Uh, there was a man in the stands who was in a full green man style outfit, except it was the U.S. flag. Um. Counter to that, there were some Elvis Canadian bros. I don't know why they were dressed like Elvis in in all Canadian gear. Elvis is American, famously very American. Um, uh, the announcers in the, uh, the 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 British announcer that we mentioned earlier, and uh, he's about to get some stuff in the uh, in the funniest slash best broadcaster moments. Uh, he said that uh, Jesse Vetter had a shutout going during an ice cleaning timeout with about 13 minutes left. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, but no, I'm no. glad. Yeah, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, Megan Megan Duggan's MMA takedown uh, leg roll on Marie-Philippe Poulain when she definitely tried to tear Poulain's ACL uh, when the game was 2-1. That was uh, unintentional comedy and yet another uh, thing on the mantle of why I'm not a big Megan Duggan fan. <laughs> she definitely tried to, injure, to, tried to purposely injure uh, MPP in that moment. Uh... And uh, we mentioned it earlier, but the British announcer had a good laugh at Kevin Deneen not even reacting to the game-tying goal. <laughs> that was uh, that, that was just a funny moment. Uh, anything else for unintentional comedy, Craig? 
Nah, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, fun. Uh, the, just uh, the last category is the best slash funniest broadcast moments. It's just it's mostly that we mentioned it earlier. It was it was clearly called by a British announcer who this was who only gets called in to do hockey games when it's Olympics. Um, I remember he watched the there. There's a moment where he he watches the Megal the Megan Mickelson penalty, which is clear fit from behind and in the in the nice like British accent. Craig, he just goes well. You can't do that. <laughs> just stuff like that. Uh, he kept referring to Carolyn Ouellette as Ouellette the entire time. That was... Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's what it is. No, nah, it is what it is. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, Matt Pierce is not someone who should uh, be criticizing another person on the mispronunciation of names. So, uh, um he made a couple of really great points. I'll, I'll say this. And it was kind of, uh, I guess it was they're all, I don't know, 2014. I, I would say the, the concept of puck possession and whatnot is, uh, I don't know. 2014. Is it starting to, is the, the ball is starting to roll downhill in 2014. Is it not Craig? The, like the concept of, of puck possession and guys hiring, uh, dudes off the internet who have, uh, like, NHL teams hiring guys. Um, 2014, like the ball starting to roll downhill on that in 2014, right? Not rolled down. I, I think like I think the ball is just being found. I don't even know if it's rolling. Think yet. So okay. Yep. Because he does make this great moment. There, there, there's a couple of moments in the game, and this this gave the 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 British guy who most likely announces soccer more for a living. There were a couple of moments where Canada does the the. Dump and chase. Uh, both teams were guilty of this, but Canada did it a couple of times, and it it uh, it noticed to me. And uh, where for no reason they did the dump and chase mentality when they had clear puck possession with no one around them, and the announcer go- says something like, "And so and so has the puck, and they've shot it into the other end." Not exactly sure why they did that. They gave up possession for no reason, and it was just like. Yeah, you know what? You're right, British soccer announcer, who clearly has the soccer mentality of wondering, hey, you had the puck. Why did you give it up for no reason, right? And it was just little things like that. And in, in, in 2014, people were also starting to ask the question of, yeah, why do we do that, right? It's, yeah. It's just, it was just one of those things with this this announcer. It's just Oh, people you know. were asking that question at the time, to be clear. I, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. The NHL teams, I don't think we're hiring them quite yet. Not just yet, but there were definitely guys like uh, Tyler Dello was on Twitter and stuff. Oh, know, yeah. Screaming about like, hey, why do we do such a thing? And there were a bunch of other, you know, uh, dudes and, and ladies that were that were on the Internet. Uh, smart math people going like, hey, you know what's smart? Hanging on to the puck <laughs> instead of just shooting it to the other team and chasing after it. That seems dumb. Um I guess this, <laughs> there was another moment uh, where the announcer um, is talking about Hillary Knight and he's quoting this, uh, the female Swedish goaltender. And the quote that the female Swedish goaltender has on Hillary Knight, and this is the quote, she goes, she shoots like a man, Craig. And the guy brings up this quote and he makes very, he makes damn sure to let everybody know that he's quoting somebody else and that that he's not saying this, right? He's like, I want to make this perfectly clear. The Swedish goal to the Swedish female goaltender said this about Hillary Knight, that she shoots like a man. I am just relaying this information to anybody else, everybody else. And it was was, probably uh, a good decision by him, probably a good decision by him. And uh, the other good one, and this is, this is a hilarious thing because Sean McDonough basically did this same announcer thing where he goes uh 
when he said like you know in, in the fifth inning when the Phillies and Jays were scoring all their runs in the last one and he goes hey this isn't going to be a one run game unless it ends 15-14 or something like that uh, with about 14 minutes left the British announcer says something like well the next goal will tell us if it's a US goal or if we're in for what will just be a grand slam finish or something like that and I'm just like well <laughs> he was right on that one uh, yeah so just funny announcer moments um the ladies goal, uh, 2014. What, what, what's the, uh, I mean, I, I know what you're going to say, but just what is the, like, what, what is the bigger memory for you on this one? Is, is it the, the, the game winning or the game tying goal? I think, right. Uh, game tying. The game tying for you is, is, yep. is bigger. Uh, for what reason? Yeah. Um, cause I thought that, uh, well, win expectancy charts for starters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have those in front of you? By any chance? No, I don't, I don't, oh. but I should. Uh, no, I wonder how like, high it got for the. I wonder how high it was at because the, the game tying goal oh, was at three twenty or sorry, the Jenner goal was at three twenty four left. I wonder with three thirty left what the Americans win expectancy was. Has to be ninety six percent if not higher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the game like you know the Canada was on life support. Then Poulin ties the game. Uh, when Poulin won the game, like basically as soon as it got to overtime, I know that Zabados had to make some saves, but I kind of felt like. Okay, like Canada's going to win this game, and then they did. So when they weathered that, like when Catherine Ward had that giveaway, and then Zabados made four saves in the one sequence, um, I, I just I think that uh, that I mean hindsight is what it is, right? But that was probably the Amer- the Americans had to be like that was our shot, right? Like because yeah. they started sucking wind after that, and and like you you could see on the on the four on three, the American ladies are just exhausted, and that was another thing I noticed. The, the American women, I, I don't remember who was on the ice uh, for, for the goal, but when Marie Philippe I mentioned Poulain was so exhausted from just the emotional and physicality that that game would have taken out of her that she couldn't even lift her arms fully to celebrate the goal. The American women at the exact same time, three all three of the ladies and Jesse Vetter wanted to sm- simultaneously smash all of their sticks on the ice. Like you could tell they had it. Or you could tell they wanted to do it. They just didn't have the strength to actually lift their stick and tomahawk it down to break it. And Jesse Vetter, the only thing, and God bless her because she had a hell of a game. the The only thing she could do was just kind of, with the last ounce of strength she had, she just kind of noodle armed her goalie stick and like, and it just sort of slowly glided into the corner because she couldn't even like give it a full like you know, put her shoulder and wrist into it and heave it. She just was like, oh, I don't want to hold this anymore. And like, just kind of threw it. It was just so, it was such an, these ladies all hate each other. <laughs> and it is yep. the, it is why, honestly, this, the Canada U.S. women's hockey team, I they have to be mentioned in greatest rivalries in sports. And I don't oh, yes. know, I don't know if it's number one or not, but because obviously I have a, a, a biased opinion on that, but it's up there for me. Like it's, it's like, yeah, no, it's uh, like people, it's very people high up there. say like Red Sox Yankees, but the Red Sox and Yankees haven't met in the playoffs since like 2004 and stuff right. like that. Right. And, and every year in some sort of stage, these ladies are playing for, for some sort of title. And then every four years, because none of the other teams can really, except for the one time Sweden randomly gets there. Right. It's, it's, it's just, it's always these two, it's always these ladies and they all hate each other, which is the best part, right? Like, mm-hmm. mm. and people say that sort except of, for, except for, except for Carolina Lett and Julie Chu. Everyone else hates each other. Fair. <laughs> that must be mentioned. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. So that's it for the sports rewatchables. The ladies gold medal in Sochi 2014. 
So good. Such great memories. Uh, highly recommend rewatching this game or at least watching all the highlights. Rewatch the Tim and Sid thing, which was great. Um, rewatch the breakdown that I had or like maybe, maybe sync up the breakdown that I have for the empty net post with the uh, moment with, with, uh, with this podcast and sync that up on YouTube. That'd be all right. Just, uh, God, what a, what a, what a great game to rewatch. I'm glad I, I, I that we remembered this one instead of, cause we were definitely going to do hockey rewatch for this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't want it to be I, like, it's too early for us to get into like the painful ones. Like, you know, we keep bringing up Game Six, nineteen ninety-three, or for me, like there's a, there's a couple of bad Game Seven losses to the uh, to the Stars, and the, you know the Patrick Waugh Statue of Liberty moment was pretty bad, and 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 whatnot. But we'll we'll get to the more devastating ones uh, a little bit later. But uh, that said, it was a delight to rewatch this game. Uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, Facebook.com/slash crossoverpodcast, and SoundCloud.com/slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. So please check us out on there and pump up those numbers. Um, that might be it for this week. Uh, we got the uh, NFL draft tomorrow. You and I might talk about it on Friday, but I'm thinking we'll put it off till. Uh, Monday or whenever, unless something so unbelievable happens that you and I have to talk about it. Um, like something like my Detroit Lions just doing something silly. What if Rob Gronkowski comes back to the NFL to play yeah. with Tom Brady? Yeah, sorry, you, you misspoke there, Craig. That's uh, what if 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski right. <laughs> came back to the NFL. So I, I don't understand how any of that works. So very quickly. Yeah. 24-7 means that he, like, I, I read this in a tweet, he has to defend that title 24, 24 hours a seven. day, seven days a week. They used to, so, they, did, they did this thing back in the day with the hardcore championship. Do you remember the hardcore championship? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they, they did this thing back in the day where I think it was Crash Holly, who is one of the many wrestlers who passed on due to, like, substance abuse and whatnot. Right. So that's terrible. Uh, he won the title, and he instituted this thing where it was the 24-7 hardcore rule, which meant that at any point, he, as long as there was a referee to count one, two, three, anybody at any point could beat up Crash Holly and pin him. As long as there was a referee present, right? So, the, like, the, the, so they're doing like, like I said uh, briefly, they're doing exactly the same thing again. Yeah, more or less, exactly the same thing. Except instead of it being the hardcore title, they made an actual belt that is it's gold. It's got a green strap and it has twenty four, and then a slash, and then underneath it the seven on it. And they're doing the exact same thing again. So Rob Gronkowski at the last WrestleMania was like the host, and I don't remember who was the champion at the time, but they did the thing where the champion is always running, basically, right? So the, the champion was like running, and then uh, all of the like you know, the B and C or the, the C and D level mid Carter to lower guys come out and they're all in a big like pack beating each other up. And then Rob Gronkowski, they gave him some sort of balcony to uh, call uh, the matches from and Gronk jumped off this balcony onto the big pile of people, knocked everybody out and then pinned the 24 seven champion became the 24 seven champion and then disappeared. And Gronk hasn't returned to the WWE since then. Most likely because he's been trying to facilitate getting back into the uh, into the NFL since Tom Brady was was traded, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> now that's the thing. So Gronk is still technically the twenty four seven champion. So he's either gonna have to like give it away, or I mean, technically, if he gets tackled and a guy pins him and a referee counts one two three in an NFL game, that person is now the twenty four seven champion. 
Yeah. Okay. Imagine, imagine if they did that in an actual NFL game, Greg. So uh, there's I, that. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? I um, I just can imagine him being like, yeah, whatever, just take this and go away. Yeah. Um. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be one of two things. Either Gronk is going to show up on, like Gronk could show up because this happened now. We're recording this uh, Wednesday. It'll be up on Thursday. There's a SmackDown on Friday. There's a very good chance that Gronk is on the SmackDown on Friday. And somebody pretends to, you know, kick Gronk in the head and then pin him. And then Gronk is never seen from as far if as... If I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would be infuriated well, by no, that. But you, you, if you're the WWE guy, like, you go, we're going to make sure this is done with the utmost of care. Rob Gronkowski is not going to get a, like, Gronkowski If is I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, un- I would yeah. not trust Vince McMahon... Uh, that's also true. ...to do literally anything. But Gronk is also nuts, Craig, it must be said, right? Gronk might not even tell... To, but Gronk might take the, it's better to, you know, that's beg fair. for forgiveness than ask for permission approach to this. But there's no way Gronk is going to be taking an unprotected chair shot to the head, right? Even, even like, one would think the WWE is not even stupid enough to do that. I imagine if Vince was like, that Gronk screwed me over. Somebody go out there and blast him one, right? <laughs> Just ruined Did, it to, did it to Bret Hart. Um, That's true. Yeah, right? Like, but yeah, m- most likely the WWE just take... Honestly... There, I'd say there's a better chance that they pretend like the 24-7 title never existed and then just drop it. Uh, and they use this as a way out because it's kind of a gimmicky thing that only lasts for like a month and then everybody gets sick of it. So there's a chance maybe they, they never do it again and Gronk retires as the 24-7 champion. Or he just gives it back and they're like, all right, we're going to have some sort of match and whoever gets it isn't the new 24 seven champion. Right. And we're going to pretend like we never gave the belt to Rob Gronkowski would, would be the move. But, uh, uh, one last thing before we get out of here, um, is Tom Brady more likable since he left the Patriots, Craig? Yes. It's, it's, it's weird how that has happened. Right. So like, not I, that's literally not weird at all. Well, like it's, it's exactly I, what I expected. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I gotta be honest. Tom Brady was always a bit of a douche, right? You know, remember he had the long, you know, he had the, he had the Brentwood Brady moments where he had the long hair, which didn't suit him at all. And, you know, he had the, he had the model gr- girlfriend and he's a good looking man. And, you know, he's, you know, he's got all that stuff going for him where, where it's like, you know, like, Jesus Christ, dude, fuck off at some point, right? Like, you got the Brazilian model wife who makes more than you. You got five Super Bowl rings. You got everything. Can't you just sort of fuck off at some point, right? But so, because, like, anytime he did any sort of little Tom Brady video or anytime he tried to be funny in the media or anything, it was always like, go fuck yourself. And now that he's doing, like, little, like, he did the Anchorman video today, and it was like, and I kind of found myself, like, with Rob Gronkowski, where he blew the conch, and it was like, news team, assemble! And then Gronk came running up to him and stuff, and it was just like, hey, this is fun when they're not playing for the page. So it's just all, I, I just, I thought that it was like, I thought there was a ratio that was like, I don't know, 60% the Patriots and their awful potato-based fan base. And then 40% Tom Brady, but this has basically made me realize that no, it was like it was like 90 10. 90-10. <laughs> right? Like I'm just like, wow, it's all I learned something about myself today, Craig. Is 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 what had happened. Uh and but you 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 felt that you, you knew it was 90-10 all along, was the, Oh, I knew instantly. Fair. Instantly. Fair. I, I I you know, I was skeptical. I had my doubts. Well, I went like, was... what's funnier? Belichick doing well without Brady or Brady doing well in spite of Belichick? That's true. That's Brady true. doing well is way funnier. So, yeah, I'm going to cheer for that if I had to pick one of the two. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, we've got the NHL draft. And have you seen all of Too Hot to Handle, Craig? 
Yes. Oh god. I I want to get you and Jess on to talk about two. We will do it. We'll do it next week. I my only concern is I'm not sure if I can talk about too hot to handle on this pod without getting you two into trouble. We will, my own, be, we will have my, to heavily edit it. That will be my only concern. Because, <laughs> like, I have some issues, Craig. With the, it's a bit of a show, isn't it? Yeah, it's something. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, yeah, maybe we'll get back. So, it might be two for next week. We might do NFL draft and too, and too hot to handle. So, we'll see. Anyway, Craig Needles, it was great reliving the, uh, the ladies' 2014 gold medal with you. And uh, down the line, we'll probably do a few more of these sports rewatchables. Uh, take care, Craig. Stay safe in the quarantine. Uh, as always, during the with, with the sign-offs of these, shout out to the uh, – everybody on the front lines and everybody keeping everybody safe and whatnot and, and keeping the world spinning and, and all that uh, big ups to everybody who's just out there making all that stuff happen. Uh, Craig needles, as always, thank you for doing this and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast. Take care, everybody. The rhyme, it is wicked Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted A woman could bear you, break you, take you Now it's time to rhyme Can you relate to a sister?